All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. We're coming to you with a series uh, called Prove It. And this is episode eight in the series of Prove It of unknown um, episodes. <laughs> of unknown number of episodes, yes. right. <laughs> so, I was wondering where you were going there, but yeah, I didn't we know pulled it together. Uh, that's, that's why you're here. We're, um, pro- we're professionals. So, yes, yes. We, uh, we do this every day for a living. So. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're here, glad you found us, and uh, we are just two guys uh, trying to follow Torah and lead our own families out of Babylon, and uh, we're glad that you made it. We have uh, lots, so if you Google us, you'll find us in lots of places, and we've done a a few things, haven't we, Jake? A few, yes. We've been at it for a little while now. Yep. And we're not doing this because we're getting rich at it. Um, As you can tell from our opening. Yes, yes. (laughs) And... uh, you know, we, we we just try to point you to scriptures, and that's what we want you to do is go look look into scripture and see if what we're telling you is true. So we challenge you to prove it, and that's where we are. So, Jake, prove it episode eight. Episode eight. So, yeah, this is uh, part of our apologetic series and where we give you or people the uh, ammo from the word to go share what it is you believe. And uh, so here we go. Uh, Oh, if you didn't catch the previous episodes, go watch them, especially the first one where it tells you kind of our first things first and gets gets you rolling so we're on the same page talking about the same thing. Yep. And then uh, uh, also at the end of this series, if you you see all the evidence that we think proves we should be keeping Torah, uh, then or at least striving to, uh, then post your verses of what you think proves we should not be keeping Torah. Yeah. All right, so challenge to you also. All right, let's move on. Story time. Story time, I like stories. Yeah. So it should make sense why it's called story time. All right, so this is number 42, and this is Acts 6, 11 through 15. Then they... Suborned men. Suborned men. Suborned men? They Okay, so then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against Elohim. And they stirred up the people, and the elders and the scribes came upon him, and caught him and brought him to the council. Thirteen, and he and, and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Yahushua of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that set in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Exactly. So, uh, story time, because this is... uh, Obviously, the story of Stephen in Acts six, but um, but story time first, because it takes a little. So Stephen is basically, would you call him the first martyr? I think I would say so, that. Is that fair? Sure. So, um, so she was considered the first martyr. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to rabbit trail. It's definitely rabbit trail. Yeah, but okay. uh, <laughs> a topic for another time. Okay. But, uh, yeah, he's typically considered the first, the first normal dude that gets martyred, yeah. for sure. So, anyway, 
Um, so this is story time because this is a whole, you know, this whole event that's happening. And the event itself is kind of going to describe uh, how we're showing these verses are, are pointing to Torah keeping. So um, in this case, uh, they, so everyone knows the story of Stephen. They had these men come in. And what did they do? They suborned men, means they encouraged men to come in and lie about what Stephen was saying. Bear false witness, they which were was very much against witness. Torah. Right. And so he, they stirred up the people that came against him, right? They set up. Now, what were what these people saying true or false? No, false witness. Okay, false witnesses, right. And what did these false witnesses say? They said that uh, he was speaking blasphemy. We were talking about basically saying that Yeshua had come in and uh, was going to destroy everything and uh, break down the customs which Moses gave them. And the law, right. Yeah. So the lie about Stephen was that he was spreading information about Yeshua destroying what Moses, the customs of Moses, and the Torah. That was the lie about Stephen. Now, in the last episode, we discussed the Pharisees a little bit. So this is what they were doing, the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Now, is it the Pharisees, or is it is it a Torah keeper that says that uh, they changed the customs? Or is it the church that says the customs have changed? Hmm. Which one is saying that Stephen is saying the customs and laws have changed? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So if you yeah, follow, if you follow, yeah, that logic. it is. But but it is interesting for sure that you have these, the, you know, these Pharisees that are upset, uh, that they, they feel threatened by, because they didn't understand what Yeshua was doing. and um, But, yes, it, I think I see what you're saying. And they know where the people are. The, so the Pharisees were a group of people that wanted to go in and scoop out believers and bring them over to... Th- to believing in them and their ways and the man-pleasing and all that. Um, and so, but they know that the people believe they should be still keeping the Torah and the customs of Moses and that Yeshua is the Messiah. Yeah, you know, I think it's good to... to use that against Exactly, them. to spend a minute talking about that for sure because they, you know... It's kind of what you were saying that that today the church is often accused of doing this very thing about going against Moses's customs, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that there's in in what these Pharisees what these Pharisees were upset by. They were upset that the that Yeshua didn't like their customs, and I think that that's a good word for this because it's man. It was their customs, but um, it wasn't. It wasn't the law that he was going after. It was their 
customs like washing their hands so many times in a certain manner in a certain way and not 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 taking you know too many steps and counting your steps on the sabbath and if you took 13 or 14 or whatever it was well that's too many now you've worked right they were against man's traditions yeah and the oral law of the pharisees not the customs of moses and, and i think that you can argue real hard that this the stoning of stephen scripture it's actually validating keeping the law the whole time right and he's speaking very harshly to these pharisees not because he's not harsh to them because they kept the law but he's harsh to them because of the customs because they tied the heavy burdens on people and weren't willing to lift a finger to help them right and then none of that was originally in the scripture right the heavy burden they tied was not the burden of torah it was man's traditions yeah and i think a lot of people get confused by that and they they that's why they think that the yoke of the law is this heavy burden when they're confusing what the pharisees did with the the perfect law right and we did uh, one of our previous episodes we talk about we brought those verses up that show what we're talking about so yeah Go back and but, listen to that if you missed it. But, you know, if you're having trouble with this, you know, go back and read the, the whole stoning of Stephen and look at the words that he says. I mean, it, he says some extremely powerful words yep. to them. And Worth the, looking into. Exactly. And what we're pointing out here is why they stoned Stephen. Read through the account and ask yourself, why are they stoning him? All right. And then 2 Peter three fifteen through 17 An account that the long-suffering of our Master is salvation, even as our beloved brother, Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in his epistles, speaking in them these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also with the other scriptures unto their own destruction ye therefore beloved seeing ye know these things before beware lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness all right so there's a lot in here this is peter's warning about reading paul's letters okay and i think this is a good place to go to get one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So he does a real good job here. Um, he's actually, I mean, it's kind of, um, he's kind of throwing it down here, saying some people are unlearned and unstable. Yes. So what do you think he means by the unlearned position? Who, who, who is he talking to that would be unlearned? Okay. What does that mean? I they think, didn't go to college? <laughs> okay, I think the context clues would tell us that those... So he's saying those that are unlearned and unstable rest. That word is like wrestle with. Um, uh, so they, they wrestle with what Paul's saying as they do also the other scriptures. So when he says the other scriptures, he's essentially equating Paul's words with scripture. He, he's saying whatever Paul's saying, that is scripture. Okay. Um, he knows that Paul is divinely inspired when he's when he's writing these letters um so that's one thing so unlearned and unstable in the word right because uh that's what he's talking about the scriptures 
and they twist them to their own destruction. Now, how are they twisting them? All right, they're twisting them so that people are led away with the error of the wicked. And now this once saved, always saved stuff fall from your own steadfastness. All right, so uh, we won't go off on that tangent, but the wicked, when you look up this word, the wicked, right? It's one who breaks free of the restraint of law to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And I think that's pretty clear. So the people he's talking about, twisting what Paul says, he, he's saying, don't be the person who's twisting what Paul says to be, uh, uh, to break the law. Mm-hmm. Don't twist it to say that Paul is saying you can break the law. It's the exact warning that we don't heed. Yeah. Um, because that's the whole argument, right? I mm-hmm. mean... So when he warns this, it kind of it kind of shows you that if I'm twisting it to say he's uh, he's contrary to Torah, mm-hmm. I must be twisting it and not reading it for what it's supposed to be saying. Yeah. Um. And okay, one the one other thing that comes up on this one is uh, people will say, "Oh, well, he's not." Uh, it's not hard to understand Paul. He's talking about concepts that are hard to understand. Well, I think it's pretty obvious uh, what I just mentioned, the rest of the text is saying, but also, okay, I mean, sure, the topics are hard to understand also because they're big. uh, It's funny because they're easy to understand and hard to understand. Because like mm-hmm. we said at the beginning, there's easy verses that just say what they say, mm-hmm. and there's more complicated verses. The, the Bible is meant for everybody at every level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Yeah, and it's it, one of those things that, uh, you know, the traditional Hebrew thinking is there's four levels of the Scripture, basically, and each one goes deeper and deeper. And, um, yeah, it's very often that when you first look at Scripture, you learn learn a little bit, and the more you look at it, the, the more you see things, and also the more you realize you don't know much. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then you realize there's so much more to learn, and you'll never know it all. But, right. But we should try. Right. And let that be our caveat, right, mm-hmm. of, hey, we don't know everything. Make sure you're yep. checking, uh, checking what we're saying to Scripture. Yep. Go back and read these Scriptures in context, because... We don't want, like we said, like we said in an earlier episode, we don't want to be accused of cherry picking scriptures. Read these in context. Yep, and we're confident that they'll say what we're trying to make. We're trying to show you they say. Yeah. Otherwise, what would we be doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one. All right, number forty-four, First Corinthians five, twelve through thirteen. For what have I do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without, Elohim judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Okay. So, so putting somebody out. Yeah. Uh, and how... How... Uh, this says judge, Jake. Yeah. So, we're, what are you going to judge to? You have to have a standard. You have to have a standard, and that would have to be the Torah. Right. Otherwise... You're just making it up, right? Yeah. You can't just... It's 
right? It's uh, what's sin to you isn't sin to me. Mm -hmm. It's it's subjective. It's what's in my heart, Jake. Yeah, I get to decide. Yeah, and that's a ba that's bad news. <laughs> <laughs> in my heart is bad. Right. I can tell you. Yeah. The the Torah tells me it is. Right. Um, but uh, definitely. That the, there's this judgment thing, and so who's this wicked person? Uh, you kind of talked about that before. That wicked would be someone who's not following Torah, right? So he's saying, yeah, it's it's breaking through the restraint of the law, obeying the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the lust of the flesh, doing what you want, right? So um, seems like what people do today, right? So it's very you, popular, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to look far. But uh, so how do you... There has to be a standard to which you judge those within in order to kick out what's evil. Because yeah, you, can't it, just, you can't just accept all the evil in. And that, I mean, that, that's rampant in the Old Testament. It's obvious in the Old Testament. It's clear in what Messiah is doing. He's saying, your theology is bad so he, you cannot <laughs> join with us that's right and he's not talking about the people outside the camp either right this is inside the camp right so this is your fellow believer basically. and that's that's why paul is so harsh on the sect of the circumcision that comes in like in galatians and many other places that are coming in to subvert the believers mm -hmm. because those are the people he's to be judging and that's on us too we're to be judging those within yeah and yeah, and so many in that group, they start. They were uh, so worried about the physical circumcision of the flesh, but they forgotten. They were just like the Pharisees. They'd forgotten the circumcision of the heart was is far more of a weightier matter than that of the flesh. Because in Deuteronomy, we just read it last week, where he specifically said he wanted to to, to circumcise the the foreskin of their hearts. Right, and that's what he's after. Right, and then the flesh is the evidence of. Yeah the inward change. Um, and it always was. It mm -hmm. always was just an evidence of the internal. Yeah. Uh, Abraham was in covenant prior to the circumcision. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's a whole other topic. Right. You know, it's like, um, you know, we still think it's a good idea. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to err on that side. Right. For sure. So, one of these things... It's kind of a pet peeve of mine is, and I, I get it. But wait, could we put that on a t-shirt? Circumcision is still a good idea. Uh, I don't know. You can, <laughs> you can wear that if you want. Sorry. <laughs> It'd be an awkward uh, discussion piece when you go to the supermarket. Yes, it might be. Or your child's uh, <laughs> meeting or something at school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or when you get up to speak in front of the city council or something. Right, right. Time and a place, I guess. Yes, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, so one of the pet peeves of mine is this idea that um, if you've hurt my feelings, now you're not Christian. You're not doing that. That's not how Christians act, right? Because we're supposed to be loving and kind. Okay. And yet they're kicking people out of their group. Yeah. Paul's telling people uh, in no uncertain terms you know, if you think that's going to save you, then, you know, he's being pretty sarcastic with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a family show. And I know the Bible is family related. But uh, 
Um, we don't have to get into the gory details of what Paul is telling them, but um, uh, we all know. Yeah. Admit it, you know. <laughs> my, my mom hurt my feelings a lot, Jake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's for your good, right? It was for my good. So yeah. if, you're, if you're coming to our program and you say, man, Matt and Jake, they just talk too harshly to us. Okay. We're just reading the mail, okay? <laughs> reading the mail. All right, so AOL. Uh, it's it's okay to have hurt feelings. That doesn't mean we don't love you. We wouldn't we wouldn't tell you if we didn't love you. Okay. I mean, same goes for us. Yeah. So right. hit me with your best shot. Okay. Uh, this this one ties in to that, I think. This is Colossians two sixteen through seventeen. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of a holy day. Or by the new moon or the Sabbath days, which are shadow, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Messiah. Okay, we have a whole deal on Colossians 2 and why uh, a lot of people would use this as a verse, as verses showing the opposite that Torah is done away with. But when you read the context, and, know, and use some reading comprehension and what he's talking about, right? We just talked about uh, within the body, you, sh- you should be judging righteously. Mm-hmm. And here he's saying, don't let anyone judge you in what are essentially Torah-related matters. Yeah. And so is he saying judge them or don't judge them within? He can't be saying both. And also I think a lot of people forget that... The uh, Colossians and these letters, these epistles that Paul wrote, uh, they're all dealing with pagan people who had this pagan religion, who had holy days, had new moon festivals, and had their own Sabbath days even. And so that's important to remember that um, that the in in a lot of the writings of Paul, you have. You have that happening as well, and right? It's, uh, and everyone just immediately goes, he, you know, this is talking about the people following Torah, but in some cases, he's actually talking about the pagan believers, and that they were looking down on the Torah people, uh, you know, kind of, you know, looking down their nose. Oh, I can't believe they're doing that, but, you know. Right. And so he's talking in this case specifically. He's talking to new believers, mm-hmm. and he's saying, when you start doing these things, it's going to be different than what the pagans are doing. So yeah. don't let them judge you yeah. for doing it. Because 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 I think that, that's right. Because these pagans, they're the ones they that they had all the same things, and and I think that if you don't study the culture. In the context of what's happening, you lose that. Right. And you don't understand that both parties had these things, and they called them the same things. Right. And these were, uh, and the pagans had perversions of these. Yes, yes. They were all rip-offs of the real thing. Right. And we see that today. Yeah. Okay. We do. So we're going to go, the next slide is just going to be the same verse. But remember, so this, uh, what I underlined here, but the body is of Messiah. We go into context and, and into detail about why that's not a great translation. So remember we're talking about, we just talked about uh, judging those within in this one. And then this one, he's saying, don't let them judge you. Don't let the outsiders judge you, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but he's, he's going to say, but the body of Messiah is, is who's equipped to judge on these matters. And so maybe it sounds better 
if you read it in this manner. Okay. Uh, this is Colossians two sixteen through 17 alternate uh, version. Right. Let no man but the body of Messiah therefore judge you in meat or drink or respect of a holy day or which the new moon or the Sabbath days which are a shadow of things to come. Right. So it's the same. It's saying the same thing here. I didn't change the words. I just changed the order. See that semicolon there? That means it's still the same sentence, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't let anybody but the body of Messiah judge you in these things because no one else is qualified. Yeah, yeah, they're not your judge. And, and that's, yeah. And I think when you look at the context of the chapter, this bears out. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once again, look at it in context. Yep. So I think we beat that dead horse. <laughs> dead horse. Uh, number 45, Hebrews 8, 6 through 11. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also is he the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. And this is eight, Hebrews 8, 6 through 11 continued. For finding fault with them, he said... Behold, the days come, say Yahweh, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith Yahuwah. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, after those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know Yahweh, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Now, uh, there's a lot in there. Yeah. And this is a whole topic in and of itself. We could go days and days just discussing this. But let's uh, we'll try to just hit the highlights here because <laughs> um, we can get long-winded. But let's, let's try to just hit the highlights here. Um, so this is the new covenant spelled out. Um, and so this is Hebrews 8. Um, now, one of the things... Uh, is we hear a lot about the renewed covenant or is it the new covenant? Is it renewed or is it new? Now, I fall in line with it's new. It's something different. It's new because he says it's better. And he also says here, uh, not like the one I made with their fathers. Mm -hmm. Okay? So there is something new about this. Mm -hmm. Um. And so uh, just the highlights here is, so this, the fault wasn't with the covenant. The fault was with those under the covenant. Yeah. And those in the new covenant. Yeah, because it says here at the end, he took them by the hand and led them out, and they didn't continue. Right. So, so they rejected it. Exactly. And then, um, so the new covenant is with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Now, this kind of comes into play in one of our previous versions of this, uh, uh, previous episodes of this series, uh, when we talked about identity. Uh, and there's all kinds of 
you know, Torah videos out there on identity and the identity crisis. And it's, is one of the main things you need to pick up yeah. on if yeah. you're, when you're getting into Torah is to know who you are because mm-hmm. that's how you know application, right? Yeah. So uh, here, the new covenant is with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, okay? Um, so you, if you're not part of the house of Israel or the house of Judah, then you can't claim that you're the new covenant. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of people will look at that and go, well, I'm a Gentile. Right. And you need to study that out. Right. Um, So again, uh, he's making this covenant with the house of Israel. uh, And Yahweh puts his laws into your mind and writes them in your heart. So that sounds obvious to me. The new covenant involves the Torah being put in our minds and on our hearts. So much so that it says there at the end that there's no reason for a man to teach another man because everybody knows it. Exactly. So, and, and I don't see how that's happened, but yet there are people who I've heard say that, and I'm like, I don't see that in the world today. Yeah. I see the very much the opposite. People do what they want. Right. Yep. One of the things I've heard about this is they'll say, well, no, this is just talking about other believers. You don't have to tell other believers because it's in their mind and in their heart. Because once you believe, you have the Holy Spirit that tells you right and mm-hmm. wrong. Yep. However, my neighbor isn't necessarily in the fold, in covenant. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't count in my eyes. Yeah. All right. So um, uh, if you can make that work for you, then... By all means. (laughs) So now this ties in because so you're like, well, no, it says laws, but it's it it could mean different laws. How do we know it means Yahweh's laws? And it's because of this. It's a quote from Jeremiah 31. And you can see that it talks about Yahweh, talks about the Torah. It's not some different law. It's the Torah is the word that's used in Jeremiah 31. Now, this is interesting here. Okay, the whole concept of the law being on your heart, in your mind and on your heart, right? What does that even mean? Do you know, Matt, what in church would they teach you that meant that it's in your mind and on your heart, written on your heart, the law written on your heart, what does that mean? Uh, I mean, I've always took that to mean that uh, that I just know. I, I know all of the things in the Torah. Like, in my mind, I always understood that I, very simply, when I was a kid, I thought, when I saw that, that it meant that the entire book of the Bible I would have memorized, and I could, like, see it and go to any, like, like almost like Google search in my head. And, and instead of going online, I could just think to my head, okay, I. How many times did he use uh, I, like, you know, that you see with? And I could pull up and see. Okay, there's 37 times or whatever it was. You know, that's how I envisioned it in my brain, that I would just know everything and would have instant recall of the entire word. Did that happen? No. 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 (laughs) Okay. It would be amazing if that did. Okay. So we know that wasn't it. Uh, Now, what I I 
heard growing up and I, and I still hear is that, well, when it's written on your heart, that means your, the, your spirit tells you right and wrong, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? I've heard people say that, yeah. Right? But, but as, when as a kid, I was very literal. Right, right. <laughs> so if you look back at a previous episode in this series, we talk about that whole idea of um, uh, being about just listening to every spirit, that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you got to test the spirits, right? It says, yeah. try the spirits that they're of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk about that. Okay. Uh, so, but remember our first things first, that scripture interprets scripture. Correct. So when we're going to find out what the law written on our hearts means, let's see what scripture says about it. As uh, Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put in within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. I mean, kind of obvious what it's saying, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at the context of this chapter, now, additionally, a little caveat here. um, What we're going through in our Prove It series is all New Testament verses. In some very slight instances like this, I pull in some old. We pull in some Old Testament just to for clarification. Well, go back to that other one. You know, this. this uh, yeah, the that uh, the this Hebrew scriptures. Well, what existed first, Hebrews or Ezekiel? Right. And uh, clearly, Ezekiel comes first and defines this because he's quoting Ezekiel. Right. So um, this whole concept of. Uh, the word, the law, being written on your heart, it's this event that he's discussing in Ezekiel. It's the new covenant, all right? And when he gives you this new heart and this new spirit, what does it cause you to do? His commandments. Walk in his statutes. Keep his judgments and do them. So I I don't know how you argue with this. It's, I mean, it doesn't go against... Uh, uh, standard church teaching it just builds on it it clarifies it mm-hmm. it's okay yes walk in walk in the spirit uh, okay the law is written on your heart okay what does that mean mm-hmm. well stop we need to stop letting other people tell us what it means and find out what the bible tells us it means yeah yeah it's kind of the deal so it means you will do them Okay. And then number 45 continued, Deuteronomy 6, 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. So is this really a new concept that the word is in in our hearts now? No, because uh, this Deuteronomy 6, 6 scripture is also very close to the one that we just read this week out of Deuteronomy that talked about circumcising your heart. Exactly. So... This was always this was always the goal, okay? Is have the word in your heart so that you'll do it. And if your heart is so stony that you can't cut any flesh off of it, that that's a problem. Right. And then number 46, 1 Corinthians 14:32 through 33. 
and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For Elohim is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the assemblies of the saints. The prophets must be in agreement. Hmm. So if all the prophets need to be in agreement, Matt, or audience, one all I ask is one verse in the prophets that tells us the old that the Torah will go away. Mm-hmm. You could even cherry pick it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't think even a cherry picked version of that is in there. Do your best cherry picking. Yep. So uh, this kind of jumps back to Amos here, so we can clarify what what's going on here. So number forty six, uh, Amos three seven says, "Surely Yahweh Elohim will do nothing." But he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So that goes back to what I just asked. Where did yeah. the prophets say Straight the Torah will end? Yahweh. Right. So maybe you can show us that. Okay, next. And then number 47, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Messiah. So this is similar to the walk as I walk that mm-hmm. Messiah talks about um so this is paul saying follow me as i follow messiah right so the opposite of of what we saw with the pharisees earlier where he said don't do like they're doing because they're doing it wrong right in which they got very angry exactly um so that leads us to well how did paul walk well number 48 acts 21 21 and they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. What does this sound like? I feel like we read this before in Acts. We did. Chapter Mm 6 with Stephen. Mm -hmm. So they had a bunch of liars come in and say, Paul is teaching against circumcision and against the customs of Moses. That's the lie they're telling about Paul. So, church, stop telling that lie about Paul because that's what the Pharisees did. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess this could be another episode, and this would be pure speculation, but I would like uh, Moses and Paul to sit down and have a conversation and hear what they say. And I think that they both would be like, that happened to you too? They did that to me too. (laughs) They said that I said this, and I never said that. (laughs) And I think that both men would be like, you You took my words and you made it, m- you put my name on it? No. <laughs> you put my name on that yeah. theology? Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. Well, especially like Moses, when they say Moses is law. Moses is, Moses, Moses. He's like, no, 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 no. This isn't mine. No, not mine. He'd be the first one to say, no, you got this wrong. Yeah. And huh. Paul would too. He's like, I didn't, uh, uh, yeah, he didn't say anything I different. didn't make it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in this case, right, the story behind this is in order to prove that he's not doing what they're lying about him, uh, lying about him about, um, he goes and takes the Nazarite vow. Mm-hmm. Now, this is after Messiah, right? Yeah. And, the law's done away with. Right. But Paul takes a vow. And yet Paul goes and takes the Nazarite vow. You, gotta, you have to study out what the Nazarite vow is to understand it, but um, it's in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. what is called the Old Testament. Um, but there's a sacrifice that goes along with it. So there's still sacrifice after Messiah. Um, 
So just another rabbit trail you could <laughs> go down. Um, okay, and this is kind of still going along the lines of walk as Paul walked. All right, number 49X2414, but this I confess unto thee, after the way which they call hearsay, hearsay, heresy. Heresy. Yeah, heresy. <laughs> so worship I the Elohim of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. So he believes all the things written in the law and the prophets. Now, one thing written in the law is um, that eating unclean foods is an abomination. Correct. Does he believe that? Yes. He said it. Okay. He said he believes that. Okay. Mm, let's see. And this is just more of, of understanding Paul for a minute. And then number 50, Acts 25, 8. While he answered for himself neither against the law of the Jews, neither against the temple, nor yet against Caesar, have I offended anything at all. So he's on trial, and he's standing up for himself saying, what are you going to charge me with? I, ha I keep the commands, I keep the Torah, and I keep your silly law. So you have nothing against me. And yet we find out Paul ends up in jail anyway, doesn't he? <laughs> And then number 51, Acts 15, 20. But that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. Clean food laws. So everyone loves to go to... I get, I get attacked with this one all the time. For, I know Christians, when we talk about this stuff, like to feel attacked. But let's, let's just be honest. There's attacking coming from the other side as well. Um, they'll say, uh, Acts 15, the, the, the churched, uh, like to lean on this Acts 15 situation where they're saying, no, we only have these four things we have to do now. Uh, and yet three of the four are food laws, mm -hmm. which they've already said, the yeah. Messiah did away with. Yeah, it's not what goes into my body that that uh, uh, per, uh, uh, that uh, what is it that it makes, makes me unclean, unclean, right? So it's uh, and then they link that to when Yeshua talked about how it's um, not what uh, goes in what goes into the body makes it unclean, but what comes out of the heart, right? So. So uh, and they go they they kind of pair that that concept and this concept together. So here's the thing. They can't both be true. Right? Yeah. He can't have cleansed all meats and yet you're not allowed to eat things strangled. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like there is a disconnect uh when you think about this because what defined this, you know, about the idols, the fornication, and the str things strangled from blood. Where, what words of Jesus and what words of Yeshua do you have to go to where he talked about not eating things strangled from blood? Right. You have he, to go he, to the Torah. Because <clears throat> he didn't mention it because it was understood. Right. Uh, and so he, he didn't spend time on it. He didn't, you don't see him on the Sermon of the Mount spending you know, a lot of time on this concept because he's talking to an audience who understood that concept. Right. 
And so, uh, yeah, and then, you know, when you read this in context, find out the context. It's very obvious what he's talking about. These are new believers. These are things that are going to get them out of the pagan temples and so that they can, next verse is, then every Sabbath you're going to go learn what the rest of it is. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to the temple, synagogue on the Sabbath and learn how to how to continue walking yeah um so just a uh so like i mentioned messiah can't be saying what what they're claiming he's saying and also this be true so when you're simultaneously asserting things that cannot simultaneously be true that's when your assertion is fundamentally flawed if that makes sense if you follow that all right, then that follow me to the next well one. Well said. All right. All right. Okay, I guess that's so it for this one. So we came to uh, the end of episode eight in Prove It? Uh, yes. And this and was kind of a long one just because it's, it's stories. Yeah. And it takes a little bit more explaining. Story time, Prove It. And like we said, this is a, a long series. Uh, this is in a YouTube playlist. It has a visual. So if you're finding us on, in, on audio... Uh, you might go check out the visual part of it as well. Right. So, and we're going to put this in a, another playlist called Torah Apologetics. And so, like we said, we just want you to search the scriptures for yourself. Yep. And if you, what was it that you were saying? You wanted a list of something? Yeah. Uh, if you have a list of verses that disprove keeping Torah, let's see them. Bring out your list. <laughs> Not bring out the dead. Right. That's Monty Python. That's Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring out your list. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, that's the end of our episode today. And this is Matt. And Jake. Signing out.